Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm so excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking about all the things that I'm doing different for Chicago Marathon in comparison to my previous six marathons. So just sit back and relax, and we'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am very excited to be sitting down and recording. I just got back from a really lovely holiday, so I'm feeling very refreshed and rejuvenated and very excited to be recording this episode. If you guys don't follow me on social media, you may not know that I am doing a partnership with my coaching company called Purdy Performance. I always link them in the show notes of the episode if you're ever interested, but I am doing a partnership with them for the Chicago Marathon and alongside with Adidas to document my journey to the Chicago Marathon 2023. We're coming out with a Marathon Monday episode each Monday, so always changing on different topics. So if you want to tune into that, it's released every Monday at 4 p.m. GMT time. But I figured I would just elaborate on some of these topics and that actually some of these topics would make for great podcast episode topics. So, and I think I got a lot of questions around some of the stuff that I shared in this specific video where I shared three things that I'm doing differently for Chicago Marathon. So I figured I would just do an episode kind of sharing why and just elaborating a bit more on that. But of course, before we get into that, let's start with some highs and lows for the week. All right, so let's start with the very obvious high of the week being that I've just gotten back from holiday, which was such a lovely time. We were in Rhodes in Greece for five days and it was like, it was everything that I needed and more. It was such a lovely holiday. Definitely a bit of a roller coaster if you don't follow me on social media. We essentially had booked, Gabriel and I booked our trip through EasyJet Holidays, which I've never used before. I don't think Gabriel had either, but I think we just wanted to give it a try and it was a pretty good great like deal for what you get it just it it was good like the flights were good you know and like the shuttle service was like great because we landed at like midnight basically their time and yeah it's just the part where they dropped us off at the wrong location for our hotel was a bit jarring at 2 a.m and I feel like that was kind of just yeah a bit traumatic of an experience just that first day in general in terms of like being really sleep deprived and then getting there and sort of like just being like very like confused but I think overall like it wasn't as bad because we sort of just like accepted it and then we tried to complain but you know how support call centers are with most companies so they essentially just weren't very helpful and told us that it was apparently our fault so we just decided whatever we're still going to enjoy our time here and just obviously like with most hotels and places that you go like I don't know about you guys but I don't tend to spend as much time like in the hotel when I'm visiting somewhere and I it's mostly just a place to like sleep and keep your things while you're like out and exploring well we did a lot of our runs in Pefcos because there was a lot of like trails that Gabriel found on all trails which is great because we could still fit in some easy runs to our holiday because what is a holiday without exploring via running? It's genuinely one of, one of my favorite things and obviously getting that Strava map is always so cool. Um, but mostly we were wanting to explore Lindos, which is super 
super fun and it was so beautiful it we went and explored one day sat on the beaches we saw the acropolis and then there was another day where we were just like basically on a boat all day and swimming in like different parts of the Aegean Sea and it was just very very beautiful we swam to a sea cave at one point and it was just a very cool experience and to treat ourselves we booked this five-star resort on the very last day which was very cool and I myself have never been to like anything all-inclusive so it was my first time but I think I think because of what Rhodes has gone through recently in terms of the wildfires they were just being really kind to people coming to stay and they gave Gabriel and I a free upgrade to a honeymoon suite which was pretty crazy because it came with our own private pool and just the entire experience for like our last full day there was just like solely around food relaxation and just having a nice time and it was just everything and more and I really loved it and was definitely sad to be leaving and coming back and it's always not fun to get through that first like day back at work and just the pile of emails that has been left for you so that's what my day has mostly consisted of so I would say that's like sort of my low for the week I think my other low is obviously just like continuing on with what I've been mentioning in the past few episodes I think it's just going to be centered around moving for the third time in what is less than nine days away and so I am just sort of preparing myself for that and I think as someone who I feel like I, as a young adult, have moved so many times, like countless times, just throughout college. It was like on a quarterly basis because I was in a sorority. And it feels like ever since I've been sort of living on my own in London, it's just been like almost like once a year. And this year has obviously been very unique and it's just looked a little different. But I am really excited to be moving to this new place that I'm going to be moving to. And I think it's going to be a great experience. And I am definitely was a bit nervous. And I think I'm more nervous about like tying up loose ends and all that stuff that you have to do before you move out of a place. It's never fun, but it has to be done. And I think I am just reminding myself that, you know, in a month's time, I'm going to be in a much better place. And I am really, really looking forward to it and really excited. But without further ado, let's just jump into the episode before I waffle on too long. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, so let's just jump straight into it. And for those that have already listened to or for those who have already watched the video that I created with Pretty Performance, you'll know what three things I'm going to be talking about. But this episode is going to be focused on three different things that I am doing for Chicago Marathon versus all six of my other marathons. And I don't really count Manchester just because, like, obviously I ran Manchester Marathon. That is like a, we know, one of the six marathons that I've run. But with sort of the preparation for it, like when I got injured, I didn't even know that I would run it. So with like six weeks to train, it was like such a last minute thing. It was a wonderful last minute thing. Don't get me wrong. Like it blew my mind. And I'm very excited to see what 
I can do in Chicago. But I think that like just coming at this from more of a standpoint of like I'm very focused on, you know, coming to Chicago with a full marathon training plan of like 16 weeks with my coach and really honing in on like what I want to focus on different areas, different things. So the first thing is the obvious thing being that I got a coach and I have done a few episodes around just the fact that I've gotten a coach this year. And I think that at this point, having done a few races with Purdue, I can definitely say that I've seen a massive change in all of my times, not just my, you know, race times for like different distances, like the 5k, 10k, half marathon and full marathon. But just in general, my average pace has dramatically changed. And it's pretty crazy to see like what my easy pace is compared to like last year. And genuinely, like when I look at like my pace, my average pace for Berlin Marathon, that was like a 930 pace. And that is like now sort of like my recovery pace, if not faster after like an interval session. But I'd say my easy pace is definitely faster than what I was running on average at Berlin Marathon last year, which is pretty wild because that was not even a full year ago. And like, I feel like I've made so many changes and made so much improvement specifically thanks to Purdue performance. And obviously, I don't want to say that like, it's not like, you know, one, one size fits all, like everyone needs to go out and find the coach that works best for them. And there are so many coaches out there. But I know that I've gotten some DMs from people asking about Purdy Performance. Some of you that listen to the podcast have joined Purdy Performance, which is amazing. And um, if you guys ever have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer them if you want to DM me. But genuinely, I think that if you're sort of at a place, you could be, you know, whether you're starting at the very beginning of your running journey and you just don't know where to begin, or if you were like me and you felt kind of complacent and like unsure of what you wanted to do next or how to even get to that next big goal of yours, I would highly recommend getting a coach. I think for me, it's just been so worthwhile in terms of the investment that I'm like putting back into myself as a runner. And I feel like more than anything, I've been able to achieve so many of my biggest goals and now going gearing towards Chicago Marathon, I'm, you know, aiming to get aiming to go for one of my biggest goals yet, which is pretty crazy. And to, you know, go through the training that I'm going through right now with Purdue for my marathon training and seeing how well I'm able to maintain that marathon pace is pretty crazy to me because I feel like, you know, someone like, you know, Liz doing Berlin Marathon would not have been able to hold that pace at all for 26 miles. So, It's pretty crazy to see the progress, you know, over less than a year. And I just think that it it brings such a difference not only to you as a runner, but especially for those who are also in school or work jobs like I do. It just like takes that need to sort of like sit down and focus or think about what sort of workouts you need to do like that it just takes all of that stress and worry away because not only do you have a coach doing that for you programming that for you and like specifically to your pace and what they believe you're capable of they also are able to check in with you regularly and just like talk to you and explain why they you know give you certain workouts and it's not going to be you know anything like any of those free plans that like I for example used to get online this is completely catered to who I am as an athlete what I'm capable of and it also pushes me past 
what I myself think I'm capable of because my coach who has a lot more knowledge in running, she's an elite athlete. She knows what I'm capable of. She knows who I am as an athlete. So it gives me so much more peace of mind to know that like these workouts that she sets me on a weekly basis are like things that like I can 100% accomplish even if Sometimes I look at some of the interval and tempo sessions and I'm like, oh, those are some fast paces. But it just it makes it so much easier for me being someone who works a nine to five and also juggles the content creation and the podcast just to not even have to think about, you know, what I'm doing for a workout the next day and just knowing exactly what I'm doing for the week. The second thing that I'm doing differently for Chicago Marathon, which is probably the most controversial thing, or at least the thing that I got the most questions about, is the fact that I am getting rid of the hydration backpacks. So if you guys have been following me for a while, you know that I used to wear a hydration vest for my first five marathons, every single marathon. I would wear this hydration vest and I would be carrying at least five liters of water on my back or something like that. And it would just really, I mean, I think that there are a lot of components for for of this and a lot of factors and it really depends on what kind of runner you are. And I think at the time it supported sort of my goals at the time in terms of like I didn't necessarily have a massive time goal or a massive desire to want to get faster with my running. If anything, at the time I was sitting at around a 410 to 412 marathon time and I was just hoping for a sub four and that was kind of where I sat in terms of like what would satisfy me. But ever since I ran Manchester Marathon, which was my first marathon without a hydration vest, I saw a massive difference. And I think that I always had this preconception that I would obviously need water throughout a marathon because you're running for such a long time. And while that was the case for some of the hotter marathons that I've run, I want to also say here that I've done a lot to change my nutrition and hydration game and just pay a lot more attention to like pre and post workout nutrition and hydration. And some of that is just as simple as having a daily electrolyte, at least one electrolyte a day, just to help with hydration, no matter if it's the summer, winter, no matter what season of the year. I think that that's made a massive difference to my hydration. And then in terms of like actual race days, I've actually started to incorporate a carb mix, like a drink carb mix from Morton, which has definitely helped me not only with sort of like just ensuring that I'm hydrated, but also just ensuring that I'm, you know, well carbed up. And if I've not eaten enough carbs the day before, that I definitely have the energy for race day. So I feel like those are some of the areas that I used to really struggle with in terms of just feeling depleted during a race. And so I think that that was why I really heavily relied on a hydration backpack. And while a lot of the races that I did do had hydration points throughout the course, I would never stop and I sort of almost saw that as like, well, that's going to slow me down and I'll just bring my own water. But really, when I were in Manchester, I think I only stopped at two or three hydration stations. And even then, I have since sort of in the past year gotten into a rhythm of like if I do pick up whether it's a cup or a bottle, which most marathons will do bottles, which is really helpful. You just if it's a cup, you pinch and pour or you pinch and sip and try not to get it up your nose. But usually most marathons will give you little water bottles. And I found that those small ones were actually really all I needed in the moment. As long as I properly hydrated myself in the week prior leading up to the race, as well as like day before, obviously day of, and just ensuring that I'm having enough electrolytes, but also that I have the right nutrition with me. So carrying Morton gels, those really help me during a race and just have all the right ingredients and 
very simple ingredients that sit very easily on your stomach as well. I think that that was also a massive thing. I used to be a big proponent of goo gels. And if you guys have ever tried those before, those are so thick and so sugary that like I would almost feel like I would have to like have a bit of that, drink some water, have a bit more and drink some water. And so I always felt like I couldn't necessarily have those gels without having water with me to kind of like wash it down. Whereas the Morton gels just go down so easily. And again, just like it's so great that it sits on your stomach so well, because for me, after about like two or three goo gels, I would feel so sick that I could not physically stomach another goo gel, which is obviously not the best thing. And I know that everyone's different in terms of how many gels you take during a marathon. But for me, I think I average at around four, I found in terms of the number of Morton gels that I will consume. Another aspect of just wearing a hydration backpack, other than just like having it to drink water with you whenever you want throughout your race, is just that it also... And this is something that I didn't realize. It changes your running form dramatically. And this was something that Gabriel actually pointed out in terms of like watching me run at London Marathon last year versus like racing now without a hydration vest. My running form has changed dramatically and I just feel obviously a lot lighter. But it it just goes to show that when you look at like my time from Berlin Marathon last year of like 4.10.57 versus Manchester Marathon this year of 3.42, it's such a difference in time. And I know that that's not just specifically related to the hydration vest and like not wearing one, but I will say that I definitely feel like it played a massive part in helping reduce my time because you just don't have that extra weight on your shoulders, literally. And I think that it just helped me with my running form so much more. And I think in terms of like running form, you guys may have seen a video of me going to my physio company to get a free running analysis with them. And I really learned a lot about like what it means to have like your shoulders back and like how to run properly and looking at like cadence and how that feeds into just you overall as a runner and how you can improve your cadence, that sort of thing. So there's a lot that I sort of have learned as well between Man even Manchester and now that I feel like I'm going to be taking into Chicago Marathon with me and just things that I kind of keep at the back of my mind, such as like one thing that I really learned that I kind of find myself remembering whenever I am running now, whether it's like an actual like, you know, interval session or if it's just an easy run is just that when you are swinging your arms if you try and keep your hands from like essentially like moving past your chest and so that your elbows aren't doing like a full swing forward that actually helps keep your shoulders back which I as someone who has really terrible posture who had who got diagnosed with scoliosis as a kid I always have found it really hard to you know, put my shoulders back and have proper posture. And so I think that I've just also been kind of looking at like, you know, my running posture and how to run better in general. But that's kind of besides the point, just kind of a tangent. The third thing that I've changed since the third thing that I'm doing different in the lead up to Chicago Marathon, which technically I kind of got a hint of at Manchester Marathon or in the six weeks training up to Manchester Marathon, was just incorporating speed work into my long runs from my coach. And this is something that was completely brand new to me this year and something that has really, I feel like, changed the game for me because I think not only does it sort of give you a way to almost like break up your long run on the weekend so that it's not just like, for example, 16 miles of straight running, it actually 
is like helping you practice and focus on different paces whilst doing that long run. But also it kind of helps me get into like the race mentality. And I really like to use it as like almost like a practice for like race day, especially at this point in my training when I'm really ramping up in the mileage. I like to practice things like fueling. My coach is really wanting me to practice fueling every 30 minutes just to get like myself and my stomach ready because I am a girl who has a very sensitive stomach. So I'm definitely getting that ready and hopefully all good for Chicago Marathon. But I think doing things like incorporating speed work into your long runs does so much in terms of just like ensuring that you can not only hit those paces, but really hit those paces on tired legs. So I think I talked about like last week's speed work long run that I did where we started with 10 miles of like an easy relaxed pace and then went into five miles at marathon pace just to practice what that would feel like on tired legs. But for example, this weekend, my coach is having me do a 16 mile continuous run and doing it sort of switching off between four miles easy, four miles at marathon pace, then one mile easy, four miles at marathon pace, and then three miles easy. And even just sort of breaking it up that way really helps like go kind of like switch off and help you like, I don't know, for me, sometimes I find that sometimes long runs can get a bit boring and I'm not saying that I hate long runs I definitely love long runs but I think that this helps a long run go by so much quicker as well and it just helps me sort of get through it a lot faster and I've really found recently as well in my training that like doing a lot of the tempo and interval sessions that my coach assigns me during the week it goes by so fast when I'm switching between those different paces and those different intervals and then before I know it I've done like eight or nine miles all together because you're just like going constantly like in these different intervals and circles of like different paces but I think that the more that I learn not only about like running as a sport and like what you know these different words and terminologies mean in terms of like you know intervals tempos like I used to not know what any of that meant and it was so confusing to me and now I feel like I'm learning not only so much more about that but also just more about myself what different paces not only look like but also feel like for myself so that's something that my coach has also had me do so that I can like know what marathon pace feels like so that I could almost like switch into it if need be. And I love that there's been a really big focus from her on, you know, like more of like a run to feel rather than like being very strict around hitting pace and like being very specific around like what paces I hit. And I think it's just really helped me in terms of like almost like this sounds so weird, but like just connecting more with my body as a runner and knowing what different paces feel like. And I've I really feel like that's really starting to show. And I feel like any I had, for example, I had an interval session today where I was switching between half marathon, 10K and 5K pace. And to know sort of what those sort of feel like at this point is really great in terms of like knowing how to properly ramp up throughout a workout like this morning's rather than like go into it, go out too fast in the beginning and then not really have energy for what's meant to be like the faster intervals at the end of the workout. So I feel like little by little, I've just been learning a lot too as a coach, just going, I've been learning a lot too with a coach, just going back to my first point around like, you know, the biggest thing I think for me in terms of like changes and things that I'm doing different being like, I got a coach this year. And it has completely changed the game for me and just helped me become overall so much of a better runner. And I feel like I'm just like, yeah, a better runner for it. And it makes me feel a lot more confident as well as a runner in terms of like knowing where I'm at with my training, knowing that I can check in with my coach whenever I want and knowing that like what she assigns to me is specifically helping me work 
closer and closer towards that target of hopefully getting a Boston qualifier very soon here. And so I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Those are the three things that I'm doing different for Chicago Marathon. And I just wanted to do it more in a format, lot like a longer format than what I did on Instagram Reels and TikTok. So I hope that you enjoyed this if you wanted just a little bit more clarification. And yeah, like I said, I am going to be doing more videos with Purdy Performance. We're doing a different episode each week. So have a be on the lookout for it. It goes live every Monday at 4 p.m. GMT time. So yeah, it's going to be a different topic every single Monday, specifically around marathon topics. And just it can range from anything from coaching to fueling, etc. And so yeah, lots of exciting topics coming up and just lots of exciting stuff to be filmed. So I'm really excited. And this episode is going to be released the day before the one-year anniversary of RIR Run Club. So I just wanted to put out here at the end that I am doing something really exciting to celebrate and kind of just say thank you to the you know, wonderful people that come to these monthly run clubs. It really does mean the world. And I still remember last August, I genuinely did not think anyone would turn out to this. I remember the comment that I got on TikTok and someone was like, why don't you do a run club? And, you know, it can be in London and just like choose a park or something. And while I love the idea, I cannot tell you how scared I was going to Hyde Park last August and just like thinking like no one's going to show up. There's no way like anyone's going to want to come and just like, you know, randomly like run with this random girl from the internet. But, you know, you there were so many of you guys that showed up and so many of you guys that are like the core group from that very first group. And I'm really excited to hopefully see familiar faces and new faces. But if you want to join in, if you are UK, London based, I'm going to be doing a very exciting sort of celebratory event day at ASICS store. So it's going to be located at ASICS store on Oxford Street, which is very exciting. I am super, super grateful to ASICS for letting me use their space. And I'm just really, really grateful because they're such a great brand that I've done a lot of work with in the past. So really excited to be using their space. And I think it's so awesome. I'm also going to be having a lot of really fun brands there to provide some goodies for after our little 5k run. So there's going to be, Belforte is going to be supplying a lot of very yummy goodies. You guys know that I partnered with them for the triathlon. They are honestly one of my favorite like products to consume as an athlete just because all of their products are so natural and I love eating them. And honestly, their products were like single-handedly what got me through that triathlon because let me tell you, you get so tired during a triathlon and you lose so much energy so quickly. So I'm really excited to, yeah, just be able to like share that with you guys. And I know that like some people have asked me about, you know, wanting to try their products. Some people, some of you guys already, you know, use their products and wanted to use my code. And if you ever order from Velforte, you can use my code RIR20. And there's also a link in the show notes of the episode if you ever wanted a discount. But yeah, Vela Force will be there. Fuel 10K will also be there. You guys know that they were with me for my birthday park run. They were with me for my birthday run club in February. And they're going to be supplying some more exciting yummy goodies. So really excited for that as well. We're also going to have Athletic Brewing there, which is really awesome. They are a non-alcoholic beer company. And so really excited to offer that as someone who specifically doesn't really drink like at all. I don't really like to label myself as sober, but at the same time, I just don't drink. And so I really love, always, I'm always on the lookout for different like new non-alcoholic and like mocktail brands because I always, obviously like 
it's nice to have like a cute like fancy drink every now and then and not just to order a diet coke or like a soda with a lime and so i'm really excited to have them there that's going to be really great and we are also going to have a very exciting raffle with decathlon for a gift card to decathlon which is really exciting and as you guys know i also partnered with decathlon for the triathlon so really excited that they are contributing to the one year of rir run clubs and yeah yeah, basically everyone who turns up their name will be put into a drawing and then I will just randomly choose the winner and then that person will win a gift card to Decathlon which is very exciting because we all love running gear and you know whatever gear you need I feel like they've got literally everything and yeah I can vouch that their gear is also amazing because all the gear that I wore for the triathlon was all from Decathlon. So that is it for the episode. I just wanted to share more about what I'm doing differently for Chicago Marathon, but I am just also aware that this episode will be released the day before one year of RIR Run Club. So I hope to see you there. If you are London-based or UK-based, just feel free to RSVP to the Strava event, or if you want to just turn up, it's going to be from 11 a.m. at the ASIC store. I'm really excited to see you guys there and to celebrate with you all. And I just want to say again, thank you so much, not only for coming to the RIR Run Clubs, but just in celebrating three years of podcasting this month. This is such a special platform to me and it always means the world to me that I am able to connect with you guys and that you guys tune in on a weekly basis. It just means the world that there are people who literally tune in and listen to the, these episodes on their runs, walks, drives, whatever you're doing. I am so fortunate and just very appreciative of the fact that you guys listen to the podcast. So thank you again, as always, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As mentioned, if I mentioned any resources or links in the episode, they will be located in the show notes of the episode. So make sure you go and check them out. And then if you have any questions ever, you can just send me a DM on Instagram. But otherwise, I look forward to seeing you soon. Bye.